The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. We've got intern Dan, and I cannot believe the conversation that we're about to have. Like, a week ago, no way this conversation is going the way it's going. Two weeks ago, like, maybe during and right after the 13-game streak, was the only time that I was like, yeah, no, obviously we'll be talking about being in the first wild card position the last week of the season. I am stunned. Yeah, I'm I'm totally stunned. I think it was easily the biggest regular season series during the Aaron Boone era. I don't even think you can make an argument for another series. This team was eight and eighteen at Fenway Park under Boone in front of fans. And they go in there and they sweep them. I'm absolutely stunned too. I think I think everybody is. There's there's nobody out there that was expecting a sweep. I mean, I don't I you had pointed out on Twitter, you're like, you know, obviously the biggest series under Boone. And I really started to to think like this is the first time in recent memory, other than the thirteen game win streak, which was in August. So it's like you know, does it really, you know, like how significant was that? Like, this is the first time that I feel like they've answered the bell. It's been like, hey, you have to do this. Because even the 13-game win streak, if they had lost a game in the middle of that or two games, you know, it it's about this. When we talk about where they are now, yes, obviously be a big difference. But not every one of those games was like, hey, you've got to win. All of these games were, hey, you've got to win. Going into Friday night, it felt like if we lose on Friday night with Cole on the mound, like they're not going to the playoffs. Like Done. that's it, right? Done. Yeah, that was a must win. Done. Cole loses Friday night in Boston. Done. Season's Cooked. over. Cooked. And, and they've they've struggled so much, especially in the division. All those big Blue Jays series they've lost that they got swept four in a row at home. 
by Toronto earlier this month. They've been horrible against Boston. But think about how they turned it around against Boston. What did they start? 0-8 against them or something? And they ended up basically 500 against them. It was like, like I think A-Rod said it, you could draw a line in, in between the you know, first half and the second half. It was a completely different team against the Red Sox in the second half. That was shocking as well. I always expected the Red Sox to fall off. You did, yeah. But I never expected us to step up. Right. Not on right, the right. not on the consistent basis. Like I thought that there would be a regression for the Red Sox in general, but I didn't think it would and listen, we're one game up on them. They're the same teams. Like one game isn't, you know, when it comes out if the season ends today, it matters. Season didn't end today, so it doesn't matter, especially when they're going to play with the O's and the Nationals. And we're going to play the Blue Jays and the Rays. We haven't won anything yet, clearly. We won nothing but yet. But you had to win. You had to take two out of three. Yeah, no. The fact that they swept, which is awesome. Had, had to win that. Yeah, if we lost on Friday, the, it, the wind is out of the sails. We don't rebound to, to win two in a row. Yeah, season's done if we lose that game. I mean, that was – Cole had to go out there and be, you know, the highest paid free agent pitcher of all time. And he was for the first five innings. And to sweep the series, you kind of needed an easy an easy first game. And, and to jump out to the lead, like they looked like the 2018-2019 Yankees in the first three innings, drawing walks, fouling off pitches, making Avaldi work. Like It was almost like a throwback game to like two or three years ago, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, and that's really – that's what we've been missing all season. And that's why like even though we've had good pitching, we haven't been able to really – to give them any kind of a break because we haven't blown games open. And that's what we've seen. You know, we even saw that on Sunday, like when we, you know, start to blow a game open a little bit, you can breathe some and it's not like you're not living and dying on every pitch. Now our bullpen has a tendency to make games interesting at the end, but getting that kind of, especially in, you know, heading into essentially heading into the playoffs. Like we're, it's the playoffs now. And it's not a position you want to be in, but give the guys a little bit of a breath heading into this week. And if we can find a game or two where we can give the bullpen some of a breath, like I think that's going to go a long way for us. Yeah, ideally you're going to need to do that in at least one of the Toronto games. And you think about the bullpen, like how much it's transformed in terms of who you trust. Like our trust tree on April 1st and our trust tree now, it's completely different. Now it's like, oh, King and Holmes and Peralta are like the best high leverage guys. Whereas going into the season, you're like, all right, Green, Chapman and Britton are going to be or Justin Wilson or Darren O'Day or whoever the fuck. And now it's just completely different. But, you know, Michael King and Clay Holmes are pumping 90 mile an hour, 99 mile an hour sinkers on the corner and two seamers and now. Nasty cutters. It was incredible watching them over the weekend. Are you guys on TikTok? I know the answer is no for you, Nick. Um, so there are like videos that people make, and maybe you've seen them on other platforms where it's just like, yeah, I met this girl on a dating app and now I'm at her family's like vacation house or, you know, like it's crazy how things happen. That's us with the bullpen. Like I had yeah. no idea who you were. And now all my hopes, dreams, and desires <laughs> are with homes. <laughs> Now we're best friends, and we were laughing when they when they traded for him. We were like, "Who's this guy on the Pirates with a five point five ERA?" Like the guy's nasty. I I'd rather see. Like I can't believe I'm saying this. I would rather see him in a big spot than Chad Green, but I would, and I think most people would at this point. You gotta play the hot hand. All we're all we're loyal to is laundry and hot hands. 
<laughs> Literally, man. And we talk about the dating game like after the Philly series. It felt like we had just gotten cheated on. And now we're it's like we're considering, you know, moving back in together. Maybe we're looking at apartments, looking at some leases together with this team. It, they've definitely drawn us back. I'll admit it. Hand up. Dude, the Philly series wasn't just getting cheated on. It was like she went out for a girls' night and brought another guy back to my place to fuck in front of me. Like, like that's maybe like what two that was. or three guys back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like that Piper Perry like gif. No, that was. That do was you think? Uh, do you think Dan's grandma like just turned like fast forwards at that point when I start talking about just fucking random dudes? I think she embraces the whole show. I think if she's still listening at this point, she's embracing the whole show. All right. She's a babe. Um, yeah, I just like I can't like the Stanton Grand Slam, too. It was one of those <sighs> things where it was like, obviously hit a Grand Slam. You're probably going to not, you know, can we have, a, you know, if a double play was available, that's probably what would have happened. Yeah, and the way that game was going, at one point, I think Pavetta retired 13 Yankees in a row. Like, we were not getting any hits. The only way they were winning that game was a three-run homer or a grandson. They were not going to string hits together. Even that inning, I think it was three walks that loaded the bases. Like, Gardner, well, Gardner and Judge walked, and then Rizzo got hit. So that was their only hit of the inning. Yeah. But, I mean, as soon and first pitch, and, and uh, Jamie and I were watching, we both jumped up right away. Those are the best with Stan when the ball literally hits the bat, and you know a millisecond later – that it's gone. I mean, that was absolutely demolished. Well, let me tell you, if you're in a close game and you're facing Stanton with the bases loaded, I would advise, and you know, very far down the list would be 94 down the middle. Just, just <laughs> now I have not played in the major leagues, so I may be wrong, but I feel like Mel Stottlemyre would say, don't do that. <laughs> Core was playing into our hand all weekend. He brings in a lefty to face Rizzo who, the Red Sox have to know Rizzo hits lefties just as well as he hits righties. Like I didn't that that didn't make any sense. And then you know if he doesn't get Rizzo, he's got to face Stan with the bases loaded. And then last night he brings in Ottavino, who is is the master of the late game meltdown. Like I feel like Cora really spoon fed us this series. Like it was really playing into our hands. I couldn't believe it. He's usually so rock solid as a manager. Yeah, there there were some thoughts of like I don't you know you. Yeah, obviously, if you're Alex Corey and just look at his, like, 2018, 2019, um, 2020, you know, missing the whole year, now coming back, like, is he, some of those decisions were just so out of character for him that it was like, are you burnt out? Rusty, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, like, when a player goes from college to the NBA, it's like, you're used to playing 40 games, we play 82 here. Right. And you had to know bringing in the lefty, at least on Saturday, like there was at least a chance that Rizzo was going to get on. He walks a lot. He's a professional hitter. And if that happens, Stanton's waiting there, chomping at the bit. I mean, Stanton is built. He's literally constructed to smash lefties. Like, I just, it made, it made no sense, man. He's so hot. He's just so lights out. I mean, ha- didn't strand a single runner for a three game series in September in Fenway. That is. I mean, that's not even what we traded for out of him. Like, to say that, like, that's an, we have unrealistic expectations for players very often. That, what he did is an unrealistic expectation. Like, unbelievable that he did it. 100%. I mean, it was basically, he basically did his 2020 postseason where he had, I don't know, five or six homers in the seven games. And every, each of the three homers that he hit, 
over the weekend essentially put the game away. Like none of them were in garbage time. They were all like backbreaking game ending home runs. That was that was the coolest part. Friday night, he had a three run homer that made it six nothing. Saturday, the go ahead grand slam. And then Sunday night, he puts them up by three to kind of put the nail in the coffin. They were all in the biggest spots. Yeah. I mean, he he's stepping up in a way that we I mean, we've hoped for out of players. I mean, that it's what we always thought A-Rod was going to be. It's what Jeter was a lot of times, but, you know, not home runs always. Um, it's what we want out of Judge, you know, going forward. So it's one of those things that we were never going to be able to trade Stanton. We never will be able to trade Stanton until maybe like the very end of the contract. And while things were going bad, it's the easiest thing to point at the guy who makes the most money. But he's, he's turned it around. You know, he's, he's having a great season. He really is. I think there's two things you can point to, to kind of point to the turnaround. One, they started letting him play the field. So that, uh, that obviously helped it. It kept him more in the game. It makes him feel more valued, whatever mentally. And then two, adding Rizzo and Gallo and getting him some lefty protection and just making it so that, you know, it's a little bit harder for the opposing manager like Cora to match up. Like if they don't have Anthony Rizzo, Cora's not bringing in a lefty on Saturday night. There's, there's probably not a grand slam. So like, I think those are the two things that have really helped him take off. Yeah. Voight could have struck out in that Rizzo spot. easily. <laughs> <laughs> or double didn't play. play in all three games, dude. He's just, it's crazy. He's just like done. He's like out of the plan. But like, is it crazy? Cause I see a lot of people saying that and like, Oh, every time the lineup comes out, where's Voight? Where would you put him in there? And the answer is always, well, Stanton should play the outfield or when judge, you needed a half day off. Like, Oh, he needs a half day off. And for his 138th game. Yeah, that's fine. Like that's going to happen. Rizzo wouldn't be in this position. If he could stay healthy and if he played better. No, you're exactly right. And and the thing for me is I do I admittedly when the lineup comes out, I'm like, oh, where's the spot for Void? Here's the problem. When you have a we have so we have a third baseman playing shortstop, we have a second baseman playing third base and we have a guy that can't field any position playing second. Like you can't have Void another bad defender at first. They need at least one good you know, <laughs> defender in the infield. That's why Rizzo has to play first base every game. Yeah, you need Rizzo there as as the catch-all because we're bailing everyone else out. All because of, I mean, it, it, I, some people are going to say it's a hot take. When you said it to me before we got started, like I think it's totally accurate. The team is worse because of Glaber Torres and the ability that we are shuffling people around to cater to him and yeah he started to hit a little better but i mean he's a liability it's like when you have that high maintenance friend that'll only go to like one bar or only do one thing and like the other five guys they all have to adjust their plans and adjust their ubers and and everything like that that's what this is glaber is inconveniencing the rest of the crew yep yeah i have a buddy mickey who's just like he lives on ritalin i don't even think he breathes air and if we go, if we are out, like he's ready to go to the next bar, like immediately. Like once he feels a lull in the vibe, it's like, all right, where are we going I hate next? That. I hate that. And it's yeah. like nowhere. Like I'm just going to sit here until the vibe picks back up or whatever it is, you know? Right. And like we had a thing where we had a bunch of friends over a couple weeks ago and we didn't invite him uh, because I was just like, it's in the suburbs now. It's not like there's another bar he can go to. Like it's just not, this isn't going to be fun for him. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know your friends. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, it's exactly what you're saying is, you know, hey, what else can we do to, like, keep this guy happy? I, I don't know where they go with Glaber. I honestly it's do not. And I don't know. I know you mute the game sometimes, but A-Rod, I think it was maybe the sixth or seventh inning. He was talking about and he was said he was talking about how Glaber's eyes lit up when they told him he was moving from short to second and that it was freeing him and he felt so much better. Like the fact that like and, and talking about how that was a good thing to me, that's that's not a good thing. The fact that he physically and mentally just can't handle playing short and it affects him at the plate. Like to me, that's a sign of mental weakness and being a head case. I'm not trying to be a hardo, but it's like, oh, now he's at home. Now he's a second baseman. And they show that in whatever the 10 games he's played second, he's hitting 300. Like to me, the fact that he can't fully embrace and handle short mentally, like that's not a good thing. <laughs> So a couple of thoughts there. I did hear A-Rod uh, saying that, um, you know, the part is like you just got to put a, shoot o- a sheet over him and put him down. Like you're just not made for this. Yeah. Um, but I, I blame Brian Cashman because how do you not suss this out before you give DJ LeMayhew the contract you gave him? I love DJ. If, if you made me pick right now, DJ or Glaber going forward, I'm going DJ. But if we could have signed a shortstop and moved Glaber over, it would have been tough to walk away from a guy who just won a batting title. But at the same time, it would have given us flexibility. Like, I don't care about those things. I care about flexibility and the ability, you know, so we have the ability to win. And now we're stuck where we've got two second basemen. One's supposed to be for the future, but has, aside from for 10 games, has played pretty bad for two and a half years. And another guy who is, you know, on the wrong side of 30, but with four years left on a contract. Yeah, and I was the biggest proponent for re-signing DJ. I don't think you could have walked away from him, like you said, after the batting title. But Cashman has really backed himself into a corner because he's got a 30-year-old third baseman playing short. I mean, that's Gio. That's clearly not the long-term plan. It's going to be hard for Cashman to sit up there at the end-of-year presser and try to justify not needing to sign one of the big shortstops. Like, he doesn't have a shortstop on the roster. Like, what's he going to say? He has no leverage, kind of like when Cole was a free agent and everybody knew the Yankees needed a number one pitcher. Like, he's going to have no leverage with the shortstop class. Well, we talked about this last year. So I, I disagree. I don't believe that. Well, so first of all, if we don't win the World Series, I think Brian Cashman should be relieved of his duties. Sure. I, I think Aaron Boone, obviously. Um, yeah. I'd be fine. Honestly, I'd be fine winning the World Series and firing Aaron Boone. Like, I'd still be fine with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think everybody would. But we have, like, there's not much coming off the books. Kluber. There's not, but you need a shortstop on a baseball team. Like, that's not my problem. So I don't know that it's a long-term that we go out and we get one of these guys like a Seager and get into another long-term contract as much as can we find the next Didi, a guy that me and you don't know right now, who can come mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and play serviceable defense and bat 270, 260 uh, at the major league level for a year and a half. And then see what's up with Anthony Volpe. Volpe, and that's the other argument: is sign a stopgap guy. And I think I, I think Andrelton Simmons. I think he's like the best defensive shortstop in the game. He signed a one-year deal with Minnesota, so he should be available. But even if you do that, Jack, let's say we do that. Say you sign Andrelton Simmons to play short. Gio moves back to third. I mean, I'm putting DJ at second. Glaber's the utility guy at that point, right? I mean, what, I don't think he has a spot. So I don't. I don't think Rizzo gets re-signed. 
Yeah, me neither. Probably not. I think at that point, you have an outfield of... So here's the thing is you're still like Aaron Hicks is coming back, right? He's doing agility drills in the in the outfield. <laughs> like what do you do? Do those at home, man. Fucking get out of here with that shit. Um, I knew when Meredith was showing that I was like, you got nothing to talk about, babe. Dude, I was cracking up when I saw him. Like he could maybe be an impact. Like you got to be shitting me. I had that. I had the game muted at that point because I was FaceTiming with my sister and then I had to like rewind it and my wife was like, nothing has happened. The score hasn't changed. I was like, no, I need to see what they say about this jerk off hopping around cones in the outfield. <laughs> so he's coming back, right? So our outfield is Gallo, Hicks, and Judge. Maybe with a some kind of a, like three-way platoon going on with Stanton, because I think Stanton in the outfield is good for him. But realistically, of those guys, like who would you put on the bench to have Stanton out there? No one. So when guys need half day off, they get that. Then you've got your infield of Geo, a stopgap shortstop. I think you go Glaber, and DJ's your first baseman. And Voight just Voight doesn't have a spot. Voight's, um, you know, he'll so still be under contract. Voight is available off the bench. Uh, Voight's available for a trade because I don't think Voight is going like he is based on what I've seen out of Voight already this season. I don't think we head into the off season with him keeping his mouth shut. I think we're going to hear, we're going to hear something, whether he directly says it to the media, or we're going to hear whispers of just like, I wasn't used properly when I decided to be available in late August. Right, right. I took the, I took the first three months off. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they went with this World Series champion, Gold Glove winner, MVP candidate. <laughs> I can't be- who who beat cancer and came to town and just starts giving toys to kids. I had a baby too. Look what I've done for this team. Cute kid. Stock is low, man. The time to trade him was at the end of the bullshit. 60-game season when he, quote-unquote, led the league in home runs. I mean, that, that was when his stock was highest. That's another that another thing that uh, Boone is bad at, selling while the stock's good. I mean – Yeah, yeah. Cashman. Um, yeah, yeah, Cashman. Fuck Boone too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, you know, defensively we've been a nightmare all season. And – to say, oh, this guy hit 30 home runs three years ago. So we got to hold out hope that he's going to do this in year you know, five. I don't think you can, you know, we can hinge, you know, too much on that. I don't think he can move back to shortstop. Like the, that ship has sailed. So there's a lot that has to be done in the offseason because we don't have flexibility. You know, Kluber's eleven million comes off the books. At this point, it, right? at this point, I don't give Gary Sanchez a contract. No, he'll, he'll, I think he'll be non-tendered, and I think they'll go with they'll go with Higgy and maybe sign some guy to platoon with him for like two two or three million. Yeah, find me some three million guy, three million dollar guy who we can platoon with, and then if the team can get and so like I know there's talk like oh out of the 
Yankees catcher position, we've got like 33 home runs. But like we're batting like 200. Right. It's really bad. And defensively, like Higgy isn't a terrible defensive catcher. Can't throw anybody out. Can't Gary throw- can't catch the ball. So it's exactly. <laughs> not a good combination. Yeah. They make one decent catcher. Literally, literally, if you add them up, it's like Posada. Yeah. The craziest thing is, like, if I criticize Gary Sanchez's defense, like, people are like, he's not a bad catcher. And, it like, that is insane to me. Like, we can have the argument of, I think chicken wings are good, you think chicken wings are bad. That's a difference of opinion. But if I say chicken wings are made of chicken and you say, no, they're not, we're living in a different reality. And that's Gary Sanchez. Like, he is the worst catcher in baseball. He's the worst defensive catcher in baseball. You can't give me someone that's worse. And if you could, you can't give me three people that are worse. So he's very bad for a long time. And offensively, if I talk about moving him, like I've mentioned getting him a first baseman Smith for years, and people go, well, his numbers don't carry there. It's like, all right, so then he's not good. If you can only have his offense at the worst offensive position, he's not good. Yeah, those past balls, like in 2016, 2017, I kind of thought as he got older, he would mature. Like clearly it hasn't happened. I mean, that play at the plate at City Field tells you all you need to know. But but early in his career, he was throwing guys out at a ridiculous clip. I think it was like, I don't know, 38, 40 percent. And I could live with the pass balls if you're hosing Mike Trout and hosing guys at second and third. But now he doesn't throw guys out anymore. So it's like now you're doing nothing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Did you ever catch in Little League? Very early, just when like nobody else wanted to do it. Like really, maybe like eight or nine, and then I was done. So I had like I was pitcher. I had a rocket arm for a, a kid. Okay. Um, and I'm lefty though, and so you know, in sixth grade, where it's like you know, you put the best player where wherever. Like if I, I right. was a, I, if I was ready, I would have been shortstop. It was just like, hey, can you catch? And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. And they got me a lefty catcher's mitt, and I caught through high school at times. Uh, uh, but when you're playing travel ball, uh, and you're playing, you know, and there's kids that maybe aren't not necessarily travel ball, like Babe Ruth, where there are some kids who like can't make a high school team. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know more kids get. To there's nothing better than, especially when you're playing on a city fields. The backstop's not far. Just like, ah, right. Fuck it. I'm just going to miss this and let this idiot run and gun him out. Ah, I used okay. to do, Deke him. Yeah. Used to do that all the time. <laughs> just like, boom, let it, just let it hit the backstop, ricochet off, you're gone. So much That's fun. That's smart. Gary should do that. No, I mean, I just, I think the Gary Sanchez experiment has come to an end. And like, yeah, so you get a couple million dollars there, but Judge is going to get a raise. Gallo's going to get a raise. Glaber's probably going to get a raise. Yeah, they have to get raises no matter how shitty they play yeah. under our arbitration. Yeah, Geo too. Geo's got to get a raise. All of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, there's not going to be there's not going to be a lot of money. You're right. And if Volpe is, I mean, he's what the top top twenty prospect in baseball at this point. If he's as good as he's projecting to be, then maybe you can go the stopgap route. But I mean, if I, I just think like. It is good timing from Glaber. Like if you're going to shit the bed and crap out and totally melt down, do it before there's a big shortstop free agent class. Yeah. I just don't I don't see us spending I don't see us going in over the luxury tax like so high over it. I think it depends if they make the playoffs. It's going to be hard for Cashman and Howell if they miss the playoffs like, we have a championship caliber team we're not going over the tax if they make it and they get lucky and they win the DS and go to the CS or something then they can say that and get by but it's going to be hard for them to give that that typical end of season smug or a championship caliber team press conference if they don't even fucking get to the dance if we get to the ALCS and lose there we are still not one piece away we're just no, not no because listen, hey, Sevy has looked. Sevy's looked good out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Is that going to carry over for a whole off season where no one's watching him every moment of his life? Um, and uh, you know, is that going to carry over? Is he going to be able to stretch out? Does that fire that we're seeing out of him for two innings carry out for six, seven innings? It's a lot easier to throw out of the bullpen when you give it all for you know that inning or two. Um, Tyone, I mean, we're going to see what we have with him coming back from an injury on Tuesday. And, you know, that's been a roller coaster that you hope levels out. Uh, I'd like him to move in with Cole for the offseason. Yeah. And then, you know, once they're now, hey, there's going to be tape on Nestor for next year. So you got to think there's going to be some adjustment. He's got to come back to earth. He's going to come down to earth. Yes, yes. Yeah. For sure. There will be regression. Montgomery, you know, has been serviceable. Like, there you go. You got a nice, you know, three starter. 
so I don't even know what this rotation looks like. Herman, we're going to see some on Tuesday as well. So it's it, it could be one of those things where it's like, well, you know, there's actually a competition for the fifth starter spot because you throw in King, King, Clark Schmidt, whoever else, you know, we've heard D- Davey. Davey's going to be in spring training. <laughs> so we're going to hear it's like, oh, it's an eight, nine man battle. And it's like this fucking battle sucks after after one. Clark Schmidt and Davey should be battling shagging balls or something in spring training. Neither of those guys should get a look. And King King is like the example of a guy that clearly can be a good reliever and isn't good enough to be a starter. If you look at that up in the dictionary, it's Michael King. He never had a good game as a starter ever, but he comes out of the pen pumping 98, looks really good. Just keep him in the pen. Forget trying to make him a starter. The New York Yankees cannot develop starting pitching. No, It's Batances again. Yeah, yeah, it could be the chance so again. Green, people forget Green. Twenty sixteen, Chad Green was supposed to be a starter, and Mariano Rivera was a starter. Yeah. Now, I mean, Jordan Montgomery. I've said he's made seventy four starts. If he gives me thirty starts next year, gets over a hundred starts, we've developed a starting pitcher. Yeah, I realize what I don't like. Like, so Montgomery, when I rip him and people are like, "Oh, but he's got a good ERA. He's got this." I, I realize I don't like him because he just works so slow. And his style of pitching of nibbling, like he's just he's not a fun watch for me compared to a guy that works quickly and pound the zones like the, the results are there, but the games are long. There's a lot of foul balls. Like it's just not enjoyable. A little showmanship. Yeah. It, yeah. If you're going to like try to paint corners and stuff, do it in two hours like Maddox. Work Please. faster. Yeah. No, I'm with so you. Cole, yeah. Cole gets a wild card game, Jack. Who who the fuck are you picking? <laughs> Who was your guy to start game one between Gumby, Nestor, uh, Tyone? I don't know what piggybacking situation. I feel like that is so up in the air right now. Okay, so I think that'll be sorted out this week. I mean, obviously. Uh, But let's say we go to wild card. We start Cole. We win that. Um, I would want for that game, I would want, you know, Herman and Seve and maybe Montgomery, like I'd want uh, those guys available. Because remember, the wild card roster is weird. Like Kluber won't be on the wild card roster because oh, I forgot. I didn't even mention Kluber. But you're yeah, never going to use right, it. Right, yeah, right, right. I I would go Kluber for a game one. Kluber game one. I think I agree. Now I think game two. I think I would like to go Nestor and piggyback him with Seve, just because they're so different. Like yeah. Nestor is this goofy, weird lefty, and then Seve just kind of throws as hard as he can from the right side. And then I guess Cole game three Montgomery would get the other start. Like to me, Tyone is not getting a playoff start at this point. I don't think. I think we'll see how tomorrow goes, and then would and then Tyone would come back and start the last game of the season. Yeah, because yeah, Tyone Tyone's Tuesday, right? And yeah. Cole's Wednesday. Yeah, so you know, so he probably he may not even be available. Yeah, it's it, they're they're in a really weird spot because it's like I feel like they have all these like three inning guys. Like Nestor's a good three inning guy. Sevy could be a three inning guy. Herman could come back and be a three inning guy. Tyone is isn't built up either. They just have all these like yeah you, piggyback guys. You described a shitty rotation. <laughs> that's that's the problem. What worries you more, that or the just the awful infield defense? Like, what do you think is the bigger what problem? What worries me the most is, and I guess it's, it's true in, for every team, but we've seen it with this team. Any part of this team could just not show up. Yeah. Like this is, 
Like, literally, like, we just won these six games in a row. We could easily get routed 11-1 in Toronto three games in a row. Easily. Easily. Because Tyone's going to go out there, and the game could be over in the fucking first inning. Or he could give us, you know, a shocking five because he's working fast. Who knows? The offense has been clicking, but it could just go, like... Some someone could just change speeds on us, and it looks like, you know, what was it? The Saturday game where it was just like we we have no idea what we're doing. For yeah, a Thirteen while. in a row retired. Yeah, yeah, they could easily do that. Yeah, I'm scared to go to Toronto. They haven't been there since I guess September of 2019. It's loud. They the increased attendance. Really well that. They increased attendance for the series. The city of Toronto of knows what's up. They do that siren or they do that like after the home runs. That kind of freaks me out. It's not a fun place to play. You got I mean, listen, if you're Toronto, you got to get Drake there, right? You need Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Just dropped an album. Yeah. You got to have fucking Drake there every game. Right above the dugout. Yeah. They have. I mean, they're a they're a good team. Um. And it is one of those things where it's like it, it has gone from like, hey, we need the sweep to like, let's just let's get two out of three. Let's get out of there with two out of three and let's get home for Tampa. I would make like I, this sounds like a loser's mentality. I, like with how bad they usually play in Toronto, I would consider signing up for one. I, I just they I, they're not very good up there. It's, and, and look, dude, we haven't really had to face Springer all year. But he's back. He's got 19 home runs in like 45 games or something. He looks like 2017 Astros, George Springer, Bichette. uh, Vlad's got 45 homers. Randall Gritchick uh, kills us. Simeon's got like 45 bombs. They are mashers, man. It's going to be it's going to be hard to keep them in the park. And, you know, I just think like they also don't have like sick dinner reservations after every game. Like that's what I feel like most of the Yankees are worried about. They're just like. I got this fucking sick resi under T Wade. Let's get down there. <laughs> What's the thing in Toronto? It not it's not like the Space Needle, but it's like you go to the top of it. Yeah, uh, uh, the CN Tower. Yeah, something like that. They want to go up there and take take a selfie. Haven't been there in a while. They're gonna want to do all the sightseeing. The problem is, like, if we only win one game, then we are, you know, then we're only one game up on them. And we're going to uh, – we'd be playing Tampa, and I forget who Toronto plays the last week, but I think the it's – The Orioles. The Orioles, yeah. Uh, yeah, I lazily tweeted out, I guess, a week ago, you know, the Yankees just need to go 6-3 and three over these final nine to make the playoffs. And I didn't realize that uh, Toronto and Boston both had three more with the Orioles. And yeah. now I realize they really it's really 7 and 2. Like they need to win now at this point they need to win 4 of the next 6 and they're in. They could get in at 3 of 3, but can't count on it. Yeah. It's cuz it depends like which 3 and 3. Right. Like right. the the two against the Rays don't matter as much. If you get them, you know. They don't. The six or so the Orioles have 3 against each. Yeah. I I would sign up for the Orioles winning one of those. Six easily. I mean, <laughs> we should have beaten the Orioles. Any I know, and we have nobody to blame. And everybody's like, "Oh, they got an easier schedule." Rest away. We fucked up. We didn't take advantage. Yeah, against Ball. I mean, we just aren't winning in our division. I mean, yes, we just won um, against the uh, you know against the Red Sox, but in general, like we in our division, we just have not played well. 
No, we beat up. We essentially beat up on the AL Central, and we did well in interleague play. I guess yeah. like that's how they're here. But yeah, they ha- they haven't been well in the in the division at all. It's, it's really scary. And the the Red Sox, they have three against the Orioles, and they have three against the Nationals, who are like almost as bad. <laughs> yeah, it's the schedule doesn't work in our favor in terms of hey, I need a bailout, but we're all playing the same schedule. And normally, most teams, it's like, oh, the Rays, the last three day- games, they all have clinched the one seed. They'll take it easy. They are going to go balls to the freaking wall against us. They are going to play every one of those games like a game seven because, remember, they don't want to face us in the DS. Yeah. You know, they, they, they'll do whatever they have to do to keep us out of the tournament. And, I, you know, Kevin Cash is – like if it comes down to Sunday, maybe we'll get, uh, you know, uh, more of a layup of a, you know – roster on the other side but kevin cash isn't going to let these guys take a weekend off before having a couple of days off you know with that with the wild card game and that whole round you know round of the two games you're pushing the playoffs back a couple days so those are more days off that kevin cash you're not gonna give your guys five days off going into the playoffs no and they can let the bullpen rip knowing that they don't have to play till Thursday. You're exactly right. They got 3 days off in between. You can, you know, you can get all your high leverage guys going. He'll probably want to get them work regardless whether they're losing or whether they're winning. They're probably they're probably all going to pitch. Yeah, it's very scary knowing that it's the Rays for that last 3. Like that that'd be my last pick of <laughs> yeah, of teams to face. I mean, Washington is really bad. I mean, they're a 4-10 team. Yeah, you just walk Soto and Pitched out. You walk Soto four times and take your chances with everybody else. Yeah, I think I'm looking. They're like the like fourth, fifth worst team in baseball. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. Where do you think? Like a week from now, oh, do you think we're in the playoffs or not? Gundam, Gundam, my head says we get the we get the last spot and we're going to Fenway on October fifth. I th- I think we can hold off Toronto. I believe now. So like a week ago, I thought no way, no way at all. Um, now, yes, I think we, I think we either get in as that second wild card, or we get in this fucking screwy three way situation. Well, let's yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So that would put us in an even bigger hole. Now, there's a chance that su- like Sunday they have to win just to get into the pre wild card game, just to get to a game one sixty three, and you have the potential to use Cole potentially on three days rest in in that Sunday game. And we haven't even gotten to the extra games yet. Like that creates, that just creates chaos. If it comes down to, we need to win Sunday. I think you like Cole has to go on three days rest. Just give him four and let him go for Cole has to go on. Yeah. Or tear the contract up. There's right. Yeah. You know, that's what it's there for. He was fine on three days rest uh, in game five of the DS last year. He went like five and a third, only let up one run. He can do it. Yeah. If it comes down to like the wild card game or the play into the wild card or, you know, whatever, none of it matters if you're not there. So that's another wrinkle we're going to have to watch is like, do we have Cole do some kind of like Superman shit on the Sunday? You hope it doesn't come to that. But yeah, I the three-way thing, the way um, – What's his face? Passon broke it down. I didn't realize it's not just like, oh, based on your records, it's these three spots. Like they get to, based on your records, you get to pick which team you are of A, B, and C. And like, here's the path for each one. So you get to pick the path of least resistance for yourself. And we've lost, we've already lost the season series. I, be, we, I know we did the Boston. I'm pretty sure we can't 
catch Toronto either. I mean, maybe if they sweep, but I, I think we've lost the season series against them as well. So I think we're C regardless if that happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's not uh, – no one's jealous of us. No, and if you have to use Cole before the wild card game even starts, you're, you're fucked before the, the dance even <laughs> begins. Yeah, we're in trouble. We're in trouble if we don't go out there. Now, if we just go to Toronto and handle business, that last weekend of the season is pretty easy. Yeah, if they take two, two out of three in Toronto, they're in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that puts us like pretty close to clinching. But we're facing the three best Toronto starters. We're getting Ryu, we're getting Barrios, and then we're getting Robbie Ray on Thursday. So, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be easy. I feel like we never hit Ryu. I feel like he fucking kills us. Yeah. If we sweep this, we sweep the series we're in. That's oh, what yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's it? That's it. That's their elimination number is six. So if we sweep it, we're in. We have 89 wins. That put us at 92. And then yeah, it finished like 93, 94. Which is what we said all along it would take to get to the playoffs. That was spot on because we were saying that in like June. Like, yeah. oh, you know, 93. It's going to be 90. Number. It's going to be, we thought it'd be 93 to get the second wild card spot. And it still might be. You know, um, Dan, you got some questions for us? Uh, no, I'm actually a little disappointed. I uh, I switched it up and I put my message in the Facebook group. I saw the that. Bronx Pinstripes Facebook group, and uh, I got no replies. So, very disappointed in the people on Facebook. So, you need to step up your game. Guess Next what? week, we'll try again. Welcome to Facebook. I'm disappointed yeah. with the people on Facebook every day. <laughs> and we're not just talking about Bronx Pinstripes. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else we got. I mean, it's we've all just we just got to wait and see. Um, we know we have to do. It's it's very clear cut. There's not a whole lot of analysis at this point. You got to win four of these next six, and that that's it. <laughs> all right. So my wife is very pregnant. Um, she's due October seventh. It's game one of the DS, I think. Yes, we have reason to believe. That it could be sooner, you know? Like, you, you can't really pick these things. Do you guys think I'm on this show next week? Next Monday? Well, look, I'll work around your schedule. You know, maybe we do it Sunday. Maybe we do it Tuesday. We'll make it work. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, so that's just to give uh, everyone a little notice. Like, we may need some flexibility. I may be, like, in a closet in a hospital calling in. Okay, that could be fun. I did it. Well, last it wasn't fun, but last year I called in or from my buddy's apartment in Hoboken after yeah. game five. Other than it being super depressing, it, it was flexible. Oh yeah. So what's the uh, like the ankle update? Yeah. So I got the boot last Tuesday, and I'm walking. I'm walking without crutches indoors. I haven't like I can't really like walk to Target yet, but I can walk around my apartment indoors with a boot. So it's great. That's good. Yeah, uh, no pain. Did you end up? Did you have strep last week? No, it looks like I had just a depleted uh, immune system and no voice. So, like I said there, Dan, he got the Manasquan flu. <laughs> Literally, it was very uh, self-inflicted. Did you listen to the show last week? I did not. I, I, did not. I, I speculated for like five minutes on, on what you had. Uh, every like I looked up where you went, and you were right by like Belmar and Manasquan and all that stuff. And all yes. summer, again, on TikTok, it's been uh, – I've seen people, they're just like – they go, they get sick exactly like you described, 
come home, push through work, whatever. They're fine by like Thursday. Go back, same thing. Like, yeah, no, I was fine by yeah, I was fine on Thursday. That 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 was dead on. So here's the problem. It's like we had we had I don't know. There were I guess fourteen guys, including me, and we basically had music kind of blasting like the entire the entire weekend and like the whole time. You know, it's my bachelor party. I want to talk to everybody, catch up with everybody. And, you know, you're just yelling and talking over music for three days straight. You combine that with the alcohol and whatever else. And, yeah. And yeah that's, oh, that's it'll run happened. you down. Yeah. I, 14 guys is a healthy bachelor party. It was, dude. It was a, it was a cool uh, – it was like a mansion with a pool and it had, a, it had like two hot tubs in the backyard. Um, it was cool, man. It was a lot of fun. And the weather, the weather cooperated pretty well. Nice. Yeah. I had 16 guys for mine. And it was a lot. And then, like every other one I've been to, has been like, I like ten is a lot. So fourteen. Well, some guys people do the just just the wedding party, and then some people will open it up. Like I wanted to open it up. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I did the same thing. Just like, hey, anyone I've ever met, if you want to come, we're going to Chicago. We're gonna turn. Yeah. Up. Big thing for me was like I want to do like most of my friends either live in Philly or New York, so I just wanted to pick something that was convenient for everybody. So I was like, oh, we'll we'll just go to Jersey. I didn't need to. I didn't need to fly anywhere. I'm kind of a simple. Simple guys, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Me, I'm a basic bitch, and I yeah. wanted to go see the Yankees on the road. Yeah, yeah, I got you. In a city I like. It was it was Chicago. Chicago. Awesome. It was Chicago or Houston. I looked at the road schedule because you're at the Ooh, will of okay. the schedule. And yeah. I, I wanted an easy flight home hungover. Like I expected. I know you didn't want West Coast, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, hey, I'm going to be dead. So let's just assume that, get an easy flight home. I flew out on like a Thursday night out to Chicago. Maybe it was Tuesday. The CEO of the company I worked for at the time was like, hey, listen, some change happened. I forget what it was. Can you do a meeting in Boston, in our Boston office with CVS on Monday? And I was just like, no, I really just like don't think I can. Like I don't think that's a thing that I can do. I'm actually – going to my bachelor party i don't have time to like do all the background and like build a deck and whatever and again like i'm gonna be on my bachelor party till sunday i have flights i'd come here getting up there like it's a nightmare and they were just like oh no we'll pay like all the fees and whatever and we'll just like get you there and i was just like yeah so like really trying to say no here like i think i made that pretty clear like talk to my manager talk to a vp and was just like i feel like this lady just like isn't getting the no Right. That right. I'm, at the same time, though, we had um, champion suite tickets in the fourth row, and I went to every opening day while I worked there. I routinely had the tickets to just go, so it was like a tough mm-hmm. one. So I f- flew to Chicago, had my bachelor party, then flew directly to Boston, and my buddies were on the same flight as me originally going home i didn't cancel it i just booked a different airline okay and they were like calling me at the gate and they went over like listen trust me this guy's not coming like you could keep it moving he's not going to be here i got to boston got in a car and i had to drive to waltham and i was just like i got on the highway and was like i shouldn't be driving a car like i definitely should not be driving a car right now what am i doing and then I, i sweated out the bed i left a note for the like housekeepers that just said like you just burn these sheets like i just wrote on over just burn these sheets it was so bad but i got it done and i got more yankee tickets monday morning meeting yep monday morning never met these people not even gonna run their account i was just like hey you're a good guy to have in front of these people so i went i did the meeting and it was like um 
like in old school when Will Ferrell's in the debate and like as soon as he's done, he's like, <sighs> like as soon as they walked out of the office, uh, I yeah. like collapsed. I was like, I'm going back to my hotel. Hopefully they burn those sheets and all this stuff. Then it was like two weeks later, they had to come to New York to our office and I got thrown into that meeting and then like, hey, we're going to take them out to catch which is like a fancy restaurant, a lot of mod- like Dave Portnoy is there all the time. So you can imagine like the kind of people. So we go, we're having, we're sitting there and there's a hotel across the street and a dude opens his door. I can see the window wide open, opens his door. A male masseuse comes in, starts your massage. I'm like out of the corner of my eye seeing this whole thing. They just start fucking each other. These two oh. dudes. And then I just told CVS, I'm like, look at that. Welcome to New York. <laughs> You never want people to see you at your worst, and a Monday morning post your bachelor party is definitely you at your worst. Yeah. For sure. Oh, my God, yeah. It was so bad. Well, I think that's all. You Listen, we just got to win games. That's what it comes down to. We just have to win games. Hopefully next Monday, a week from today, we're previewing. It'll be wild card eve, and we're previewing the matchups and seeing who we're playing and where we're going and all that. Or it'll just be a, por- or it'll be a post-mortem you know, Black Monday. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. Oh, did either of you guys watch that Mets 30 for 30 on the 1986 season? No. Did you? Yes. Okay. You are, I've been home recovering from a vasectomy. I can't do anything. I've been sitting on the couch. Um, gotcha. You are young Lenny Dykstra. They had, like, <laughs> Lenny Dykstra, because he got called up that season. Like, he's a rookie. And they were just like, this is before he was, like, a degenerate alcoholic and all that stuff. Yeah. They were like, all this guy fucking cared about is baseball. Like, all he talked about is baseball. Can't talk to him about anything but baseball. And I was like, for not a major leaguer, that's Nick. That's trying to have a relationship with Nick. Is like, I don't know. If it's baseball season, you better be talking baseball. That's it. No, that's it. Yeah. Going to, going to dinner with uh, Jamie's cousin and her husband tonight. I'm told not, not a baseball fan, so I don't know exactly what I'll be bringing to the conversation. But well, you know we'll have to see. I set it up so that it was on. It's on the off night. It's smart. So we got smart. that going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, enjoy uh, enjoy your dinner. You can follow Thank Nick you. on Twitter at nkirbyny. You can follow Dan Juicy Nine Nine. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. I mean, it's going to be a push. It's going to be a push. And if we get in the playoffs, we might just see you at the parade. <laughs>